Prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is the Legend of Retro. Welcome to the Legend of Retro podcast. I am Craig WK, and with me is my buddy. Chops. Chops. Here from the UN, Craig, ready to do work against those infidels. I am so <laughs> glad you're here. I've been waiting for this moment. Can I be a pilot too, sir? Even a silly boy like you can be a pilot someday. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to fly through the skies in UN <laughs> Squadron. Oh we were terrible with it. I love it. What's his Wii stuff? Released released by Capcom for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System in September of 1991, this shoot-em-up stars three mercenary pilots who must not only battle against their targets, but also manage their funds to upgrade their equipment. Mercenary pilots. For the UN. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. We'll get to that. Maybe. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, let's talk about mercenary pilots real quick. Pilots. Pilots, not pirates. Um even though that would make this game like a million times better if they're mercenary pirates. Are, um, yeah. I do we hire mercenary pilots? Do does anybody in the world hire mercenary pilots? Like that seems like a very expensive thing to outsource. You're not wrong. I I wouldn't be entirely surprised because I mean like the the mer- like in all honesty the mercenary business is. Bigger than you think. You no, know, I I know it's big. I know, and it's not like the movie uh, idea of a mercenary. They're businesses. They're mm-hmm. actual, sometimes retired military personnel. Yeah. Most of the time, they are. Um, mm-hmm. But I just uh, hiring them to fly million dollar planes for millions of dollar planes. Yeah, the UN having its own squadron is really weird to me. Yes, and there is a very big reason for that. It's because this game is actually called Area Eighty Eight, which we'll get to late. Okay. Yeah, I I saw that they had a weird, a different Japanese name, like Area Eighty Eight. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Interessant, as Uh the French say. So, Chops, you're actually not as familiar with this game. Is that right? I am not. I am a lover of side-scrolling shooters and top-down shooters. This is one that's slipped under my radar, mostly because I never owned a Super Nintendo. And I'm very upset by that. This would have been a game I'd spend hours playing. This is probably about the best shoot-em-up on the Super Nintendo. Yeah, and it's vastly different than any shoot-em-up leading up to this. Yeah, this is this is a real weird one. So uh, let's. Uh, so I I honestly didn't own this until years after it came out. Uh, like when I was getting into retro gaming, like you know, as an adult, I made sure to you know order this off like eBay or whatever, like just a loose copy, you know. So it was like dirt cheap at the time. Uh, but I, when I was a kid, I rented this all the time. I rented this very frequently. And so, you know, I, I became very familiar with the game and got okay at it. Like, it's a tough game for sure, but yeah. uh, but I'm, I wasn't too bad. And so, like, when I got it finally again, it was wonderful to be able to, like, you know, play through it. it. It's got a lot of variety to it, which in, in these type of games can get overwhelming. Um, 
which I, I think lends to why it could be difficult. Like you don't know, and we'll get into this, you don't know what power-ups, you don't know what planes they use, things like that. Yeah. To really, that I mean, a lot of times I just pick what I like and what looks cool or what uh, fits my play style, but that doesn't necessarily always mean that's best to play, to beat the game. Um, but there, this is very much like a, a newer shoot-em-up game that I play on my PlayStation 4, PlayStation 4, um, and I'm blanking on the name of it, but mm-hmm. you you buy upgrades, you have special weapons. Yeah. Like, it has all the cool variety that I'm looking for in a shoot 'em up. And this game is like kind of the precursor to that yeah. because it has all that. And what's interesting is I will say they they do a good job of you know because it looks very overwhelming. There's a lot of weapons. There's, there's a lot three of pilots jets. you choose from mm-hmm. right off the bat. Okay, so yeah, the, let's talk about them first. Yeah. So um, you have Shin Kazama. Kazuma. Kazuma. <laughs> Mickey Simon uh-huh. and Greg Gates. Yep. And it's uh, they're themed in colors. Like one's blue, I think one's red. Yeah, one's Simon's me. in blue, Gre- uh, Gates is in green. green. And uh, Is it red or purple? Oh, Kazuma? Uh, yeah. I think like in a reddish is it orange. Red, or reddish something. Orange? Yeah. Which I love. I love I love that aesthetic, and it's super anime. Oh, yeah. Very super anime style, anime. which we'll get into. I know, I know. Uh, but I. Uh, yeah, when it comes to the the game, you have those three pilots, and they each have their own specialty. So, yeah. uh, Shin Kazuma has the uh, uh, ability to upgrade their weapons much faster uh, than the others. The, his weapons upgrade very quickly. Um, uh, Simon, what was his first name again? His first name was uh, Mickey. Mickey Simon, that's right. I almost said Michael, and I was like, that's not right. That's an Iron Chef. Uh, <laughs> Michael Simon. <laughs> uh, Pretty sure. Anyway, so you have Mickey Simon, who is uh, he can use more weapons. He can like have more special weapons on his plane than the others. And then Greg Gates is who I recommend for most people because he can take more damage than anyone else. And that leads us into the damage system is unlike most shoot 'em ups where you take one hit and you're just dead. Yeah. In this game, you take a hit, you have a health bar. Now, while you, right after you take that hit, you glow red, and you're like kind of, it's... it's yeah, iframes. Yeah, uh, well, you have frames that aren't invincibility. It's the opposite. If you right. take another hit during that time, you die. Yeah. You know, and then, if, but if you pull yourself up and get control of your, your, you know, plane, essentially get away from what's damaging you... Then your health bar balances out, and you have less health than before, but you still can you can take another hit and go into that system. It's a really unique mechanic, and uh, I don't know of another shoot 'em up game that has that. No, it's pretty rare for shoot 'em up. Contra is one and done. Um, well, Contra is also a run and gun. It's a than run a shooter, and gun, you know, a but I, I kind of think of them similar. Similar for sure, but um, but you know, they're shoot 'em ups are are sort of their own kind of weird they, they niche are. thing. I you apologize, know. Craig. I apologize. Apology accepted. Sorry to have offended you, as you should be. The glitch is crying currently because of the fact that you compared. Oh, then I don't apologize. <laughs> Let him cry. <laughs> bottle those tears <laughs> so so yeah the the damage system is very unique you know you you don't get a system like this in like any other shooters really no. you know 1942 and, doesn't have that nope and 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 it's weird too because 1942 and 43 are made by capcom mm-hmm. but they're vertical shooters yeah and they have nothing like this in the game yeah it's so weird this turn that they made and i i would be curious to like what made them decide to do that such a vastly different style. I feel like 
if I had to wager a guess, and and of course we'll dive into this in a bit, but I think it's to gain, give some survivability and care and character to the characters. You know, like, cause you, you kind of, you know, you see there's like, you have a, uh, like a panel at the top of the screen that shows your pilot. Yeah. A little, and, little like a uh, portrait. Yeah. Or a little, drawing. Exactly. Yeah. A little portrait. And if you take the damage, it blinks red and they look like they're trying to gain control yes. of the, the, the plane and stuff. And so like, I feel like that was like a way for them to do that and, you know, make it so that it's a, maybe a little bit more accessible to the fans of, of these characters. I. Uh, but do you want to chat about the the weapons a bit? Sure. So, you know, your main Vulcan or machine gun or whatever can be upgraded. But why is everything a Vulcan? Like, I think in, like, every shooter, it's a Vulcan. Well, that's a good question. I, I'm sure what there... Is, is it, like, a style of wet gun? It must be something like that, because you're right. It isn't a ton of stuff, but I guess I don't know what a Vulcan is. I'm assuming it's a, it's a machine gun type. Not Star Trek Vulcan. <laughs> Whoopsie! I uh, oh yeah, it looks like uh, uh, it is a actual gun. Uh, M sixty one Vulcan is uh, a hydraulically. A yeah, it's like a mini gun. Yeah, so that's what a Vulcan uh, uh, gun is. Oh, okay, so that must be why so many like Gundam and and UN Squadron yeah. and all these all these uh, games were well, it's, a Vulcan. It's based off of like an F F eight or F one or or something like that, right? Oh, the plane, the plane, yeah, they're based off of actual jets. Yeah. So, do you want to talk jets first then? I mean, I'm I'll, whatever you'd like, Craig. <laughs> so you, you're excited to talk about everything. I this. am. Yeah. So this is I'm one of my favorite you, games. I'm letting you this. lead the charge. So let's talk about the jets. They okay. are, for the most part, real. So the F-8E Crusader is an actual plane. The F-20 Tiger Shark. And keep in mind too that you, when you first start playing, you need money to buy the better planes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you start with the F-8E Crusader, and that's it. Yeah. I uh, but I. Uh, you also have the F-14D Tomcat, the A-10A Thunderbolt 2. What's interesting is the other two ships they added to this game wouldn't really be from Area 88 as it should be because the one of the ships, uh, sorry, ships, the, the planes, is the YF-23 Stealth Ray, they call it in the game. Stealth Ray? Well, here's the thing. Is that a bomber? It was a stealth jet. And it's actually called the uh, Nothrup, and it was actually canceled. So when this game was made, it was being developed as it was a real jet, but then they ended up, they made two of them and then decided against it. I guess it wasn't like quite as agile as like some of the competitors and stuff, Mm -hmm. and so they just scrapped it. The only other jet in UN Squadron is the F-200 Ifrit, which is made up. Mm, It's not real. I mean, it'd be cool. Yeah, but, there's you know. n- there's no ship being named Ifrit, which is a devil. Yeah, a big, you know, uh, what would Fiery it be? Fiery devil, right? Uh, yeah, like a, from Middle Middle Eastern mythology, right? Yeah. yeah. No, not a thing. No. No. It'd be sweet, but yeah. not a thing. Uh, and when it comes to the weapons, so I mentioned that you buy ships or buy parts. Planes. Planes. Uh, planes. Yeah, whatever. So... You, as you fight through the game, you're gaining money, and there's like in between each mission because you like when the the you know your options begin, you choose where you want to go, and you know it only opens up slowly. The map does, of course, and, and you start with a small amount of money too, like thirty or three thousand. Yeah, like you know, not a ton. And so when you're, uh, you know. Uh, choosing levels, you can go to these like they're basically like these like uh, on the map they're like little like uh, the dollar signs, aren't they? <sighs> I think you might be right. 
you can go to those and it's like essentially like uh, uh, you know little tiny bases that you rush in destroy as much as you can and it gets you money yeah uh, so you know you can rack up money as you play through this game if you know what you're doing honestly I usually just kept the first jet and just bought lots of weapons yeah because I wasn't that good at the game right because there's not only do you upgrade like your defenses there's other weapons you buy to equip your jet on top of upgrading stuff there are tons of weapons so you have a cluster bomb which is a ring that shoots around your plane and comes back in to get rid of people on you you have the phoenix missiles which are are like like, heat seeking yeah like heat seeking missiles falcons which skim across the ground bull pups which are like spread they like shoot out and like you know split into multiple uh shots the super shell which is like this laser cannon You have the thunder laser, which is three lasers. You have bombs, napalms, gun pods, which shoot diagonal from mm-hmm. you. You have sailing missiles, which shoot up. Not often you need that, but, you know, it's an option. And then you have the mega crush, which rains It rains lasers. On- yeah, it does. It's basically it's raining so cool. lasers. It shoots a missile and, I don't know, creates like a satellite beam I, weapon or I, something. I, I, I don't, don't even know. know. But it explodes and rains down fire yeah it's it's it, it typically i i saw a lot of people talking online about how like oh yeah save that for the boss you know when you're on the boss that's when you want to use that but like in my head it's like i want to use that when just you know you know what is hitting the fan and you can't get away from damage and yeah. it's just like ah save me mega crush right you know that's what i always used it for but i uh, the you know the the obviously the weapons aside from bombs and napalm and stuff are, are all pretty fake yeah, you know, lasers. But yeah, it's interesting to me that the jets are real for the yeah, most part. Yeah, that, that's that's I, I find that surprise. Well, do I find that surprising? I mean, they got to base it off of something. True, but let's face but it: the, the fact that they choose real model types is what I find interesting. And there is a pretty big reason for the fact that there's, you know, the the jets are pretty authentic. And there's also a reason why these characters are named and have some personality yeah, to they them. they got some specific flair to them, don't uh-huh. they? The, the guy who runs the weapon shop is this, like, you know, like, kind of goofy old man. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have this guy who's giving you missions who has, like, a scar on his forehead. He looks very... Everything's very specific and detailed, almost like... I don't know. Maybe maybe they got this from a different source material, or uh, it wouldn't be an episode of Legend of Retro with Craig on it if I didn't force you to play an anime game. Hey, I don't mind that. That's true. Uh, Glitch minds it a bit more than you, so it's kind of nice to be able to talk to you about this. So it is based upon a manga series which had. I believe an anime, uh, like an OVA, like a uh, like oh, and a longer movie. Yeah, episode or like whatever. OVAs are basically their original video animation, and they're like straight to video, straight yes. to DVD things. But unlike in America, where that usually means they're garbage, in Japan somehow that means they're better. I don't understand how I, that I works. I don't get it either. Yeah, I don't get that. But uh, so it's a series called Area Eighty Eight that ran. Uh, the manga ran from nineteen seventy nine to nineteen eighty six. It's the story of Shin Kazuma, who has been betrayed by a friend and forced into a mercenary band that seeks to battle against the armies of this made up country. Like you know. Uh, I think it's like in North Africa or the Middle East is where this takes place. Uh, as time goes by and Shin gets closer to earning the money needed to pay off his like debt and return to the woman he loves who he got separated from, he starts to wonder if he enjoys the thrill and camaraderie of battle 
Uh, and he starts like that starts weighing on his mind and he feels this horrible shame and crushing guilt and essentially being a murderer. The fact that he's like killing other people because he was this great pilot back in his old life, but he wasn't a military pilot. Mm-hmm. He was just a good pilot. And so the the three pilots you choose are Shin and then his two friends from the series. Uh, the guy who gives you missions is the commander known as Shin. And the weapons guy is known as McCoy, who, interestingly enough, is actually kind of a swindler. He in the like because I I actually read through probably the first I don't know maybe five chapters of the manga to get familiar with it you know before doing the uh, this episode and he like tries to sell like uh, uh, parts that are, like don't work and stuff to the, oh, the really? pilots yeah because he's like he doesn't really he's not necessarily one of the mercenaries he's just an arms dealer who's like at their base <laughs> he's taking he's taking advantage of it he is yeah and so like you know he's perpetually trying to like you know he's like oh I've got these missiles they're really cheap and like somebody will be like. Okay, yeah, but what's wrong with them? He's like, no, 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 there's nothing wrong with them. And, you know, he, he, they'll totally explode. And they're like, will they explode on the target or before they hit the target? He's like, they'll totally explode. You know, so like he's just this scumbag. And, uh, and it's funny because when I always saw him in the game, I was always like, he looks so kindly. He doesn't look like he tried to betray yeah, it's me. It's not translated well in the game, <laughs> is it? Uh, but yeah, in the, the game itself, you can actually see the, uh, like when in the opening, when it takes off the jet, you can see that the runway says A88. That's left over. Mm-hmm. And then on the map, the uh, the icons that show where this Area 88 base is, where the mercenaries are, is uh, eight, like the numbers 88 mm-hmm. are on the map, you know. And so it's it's very interesting to me that they took this manga game and they were bringing it to America and they were like, what what force in the world is going to be fighting against all these like, you know, like, you know, like revolutionaries and stuff. The UN. And it's like the UN doesn't have a military. No, they don't. Why did they not just go with like US squadron or like or or anything Some else? Some other random made up place. Yeah, and like the the box art in Japan is this like shot from the manga basically. It's like the it's almost like I was a, just going to bring this up. The the cartridge in America is just like Fighter pilots, yeah, fighter generic dude. fighter pilots. Yeah, you you don't really know what you're getting into necessarily. No. Is it a, is it like a simulation game? Is it a shoot 'em up? Is it you know like a, I don't know like uh, like a like an RTS game? You have no real good indicator from the front of the box. Not that you know America would have really fully gotten area. No, 88. but like it doesn't do it justice. Right. Like it's got this awesome source material, mm-hmm. and you don't even translate everything in the game, anyways. You might as well just translate the box art from Japan and put it out there. Yeah, and it's interesting because it's the, so like I'm mm-hmm. sorry to interrupt, but I'm so fascinated with translation comp- like translation pieces from foreign games to American games yeah. or in the United States because like I don't understand like it doesn't make sense it's not consistent and like it would it would things would sell more if they represented what they truly were I feel um from Japan to here and it's proven with like cartoons and mm-hmm. uh, books and all sorts of stuff the material of Japanese culture like we eat it up as as Americans. Yeah, it's it's really now. I will say that this was the early '90s, and it was less so like that, you know. So I, I'm sure that they were nervous about it because the the thing is, is in the I think early '90s, early to mid '90s, Viz, who still you know uh, is a publisher for manga in America and even anime too, 
they had in their run of their first run, they had three series, uh, some magical girl series that I don't remember the name of. Uh, they had the Legend of Kamui, which is like this ninja story that's really dramatic and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And Area 88. Area 88, you would almost think they could have done some tie-in with UN Squadron and tried to, like, really mm-hmm. sell the both of them. But they ended up not fully publishing in America, like, halfway through without getting that's America weird. conclusion. They were just like, bah, and pulled the plug. Well, and, and what, what year was this? I want to say the mid '90s. So this was quite a few years before so we saw UN got, Squadron. Like Dragon Ball on t- on American television. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Even Dragon Ball Z, right? Oh yeah, I think you might be right. I, I think Dragon Ball Z in America on like WB or whatever yeah. before like Cartoon Network got a hold of it and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it's it's interesting that they were just like ah, throw a just a pilot guy and some jets. Yeah. You know, like, because at least if they had shown the character, like, I don't know if it would have caught people's attention, but it still would have been a dude in a jet. Would have been a very pretty boy in a jet, but regardless, it still still would have been a dude in a jet, you know? And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting to me that not only do you have, you know, this, this, all this going on, but like, and the, you know, the, I'm sure that it wasn't a lot of it in the game version anyway, but like, it's so weird to me that, you know, the series is, not really pro-war. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the actual Area 88 manga is more about the the like horrible, crushing guilt this guy feels as he goes through life as a mercenary, taking the lives of others because he needs to to survive. Okay, so then when you say that, mm-hmm. marketing that towards children, that's probably not. That's yeah. probably why they didn't do that. Yeah, it all makes sense now. Yeah, that it might be the case, honestly. But the the game version in Japan, I mean, I don't know that it had all those references. I don't either. Although I will say the opening to the game uh, talks about, you know, it, it doesn't say it in so many words, but it says something to the effect of like war is heck, basically. It's like, you know, like the fear, fighting is fierce out there. So like even the American version didn't really paint war as this glamorous thing necessarily, you know, when it was brought over. So yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting to to look at. And you're right. The the, you know, translation side of things, the localization, mm-hmm. uh, if you will. Is is very very strange, you know when you when you break that down like that. Now, I uh, chops. I I do want to ask you. You you had mentioned that you know you you did like shoot 'em ups and stuff. Do you have like a favorite jet from when you were a kid? Anything no. like that? You were were you not into like wartime I, stuff? No, I wasn't really into war stuff. Like I mean, I liked the shoot 'em ups because I liked the uh, the like. The ease of play and mindlessness to it, and, sure. and also explosions. Um, <laughs> Can't go wrong and, with explosions and cool lasers from ships. But I, I didn't really. I wasn't into like military ships, planes, vehicles. Were you uh, into GI Joe? A little bit. Okay, that was not. my brother's kind of oh, thing. Oh yeah, that and was LPJ's thing. Growing wasn't it? up, I played with the GI Joes, but like I was more into Thundercats or Transformers, like this is real sci-fi stuff. I. Uh, no, and I, I, I totally can uh, imagine that. The uh, uh, I was just going to ask if you uh, really liked the, like, because one of the jets in particular I really enjoyed when I was a kid because I had the G.I. Joe version of it. And it was oh, the okay. A-10 Thunderbolt, oh, nice. uh, which might be familiar because there's totally the G.I. Joe version of the A-10 Thunderbolt. Yeah, we had a couple jets that were, I don't remember mm-hmm. which ones that they were. We had a black one. It was like the Nightwing or Nighthawk or something like that. 
Um, but we, yeah, we had a couple fighter jets, but I don't think we had that one. Ah, uh, you didn't have the A10 Thunderbolt. I, I actually know, had maybe, the. I'm not sure. I had the Tiger one. It had the yellow and black Ooh, paint nice, job nice. instead, which was uh, I was a really big fan of. So I was actually kind of into wartime stuff when I was a kid, like you know jets and tanks and a lot of that stuff. Uh, and I think that's mostly because of. G.I. Joe, honestly. Yeah. But, uh, uh, but yeah, I, uh, when it comes to UN Squadron, it's just really weird that it has this kind of interesting story behind it. The fact that it's a manga, you know, and I, and I honestly, I almost tried to find like music from the anime or something to be like, oh, let's play a track from that just to see how like outlandish it is. And there's not a lot of stuff online. No. The, the like I found the opening song and it was like, oh, okay, it's all right. But it's not so outlandish or ridiculous that it was like, oh my God, we got to play this for everyone. So like nothing about that really caught me. I, uh, I don't know that I would continue reading the manga. I read like the first five chapters or whatever, but it was interesting. It's heavy. I'd watch the OVAs. Yeah, it's it was very heavy, but it was definitely interesting. You know, uh, you know, it's it's essentially you know this guy bonding with people through war, which he doesn't want to do. But what right, else can but, you do? But, but right, the alternative is lose your sanity. You yeah. know, so uh, you know, it's 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 funny that there's all that heaviness, but uh, but no, the the game itself is phenomenally fun. It, it is probably the best shoot 'em up on the Super Nintendo. I I I don't know of many, so I can't say that, mm-hmm. but. Looks like a lot of fun. It was, it was I didn't great. get a chance to play it, unfortunately, but I watched the speedrun of it. And it's has a lot of variety. A lot of it's very difficult in spots, and oh, yeah. there's a decent amount of strategy to it. Oh, sure, absolutely. The 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 uh, weapons you take along with you, the you know, just like you know, the boss fights themselves are huge. Mm-hmm. You know, the bosses are like these giant tanks, and they're outlandish. You know, they're ridiculous. Yeah, they're real looking. ridiculous. Oh, they're super over the top. But you know, you have these giant tanks. You have submarines. You have stealth bombers. Giant planes. Stealth bombers that throw out like weird grappling hand things <laughs> yeah. to get you. Like it's so kind of dumb, but kind of amazing. Now, mm-hmm. for this game, there are a ton mm-hmm. of speedrun categories. Oh. There's eight different speedrunning categories. What? Because there's multiple difficulties. Um, oh, and they the multiple range, pilots. range from easy to gamer, and then there's different modes of like any percent or all levels. Mm-hmm. So it's a combination of those two things. So the ones that I took note of was the any percent easy and the all levels easy. Okay. So for the any percent easy mode, the speedrunner Cedarino or Cedarino beat the game in 18 minutes and 13 seconds. Well, that's pretty quick. Uh, second place, uh, 18 minutes and 45 seconds by Moagum. But in the mm-hmm. all levels, it's really not that much of a difference. Really? It Arch Hokey 06. On easy, beat the game all levels twenty minutes forty six seconds. That's that's two minutes of a difference. If you know what you're doing, you can get through things pretty quick for sure. But I didn't realize it was that fast to go through every level. Yeah. Although I guess you pretty much have to get just about all the levels to get to the end of the game. Uh, probably, yeah. Probably all the main story-driven sure, ones, you know, yeah, not yeah. those extra money money ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but this guy Talos Wind, who's on a few of the mess on a few of the leaderboards, um, has the mm-hmm. only score uh, for all levels gamer edition at twenty six minutes fourteen seconds and eight hundred and seventy milliseconds. They actually time it down to the milliseconds for the uh, mm-hmm. all levels categories. Oh, it's interesting that. There's a big disparity between 
the difficulty levels. Yeah, it's it's a swing of eight minutes from easy all the way up to the highest difficulty. Because there's not more levels on the higher difficulties. It's just, you know, I, I think it's you take maybe take more damage. Six Enemies minutes, have to take more hits or yeah, something like that. Maybe. So, yeah, it, I, I would be interesting, uh, interested to know all like I would like to look at them back to back. Yeah. To see, uh, you know, both those runs. Yeah, it'd be pretty cool. I, I think most of them chose uh, the blue guy. I, I because his uh, weapons are up are, are easier to upgrade faster. Oh no, that's uh, Shin Kazuma. Is that it? I thought you said it was Mickey. Uh, he's the one who can hold more special weapons. Oh, maybe that's it because they use special weapons a lot. So that, that probably is the case. It's probably more special weapon reliance. That must be it. Yeah, because they use the circular explosion around them to like, like the, I saw in the speed run, the guy like blows off a section of the boss and then hides in the section between two like turrets that are firing down and the, the ship moves with in the screen left uh-huh. and right and he's moving with it and just hitting that mini explosion in the middle as he's trying not to run into the ship. That's slick. It was really cool. That's great. I because uh, they I mean the that's one of the things with shoot 'em ups is there's always not a gimmick per se but there's always got to be something that gets you out of the way of damage yeah. and sometimes while you're playing a shoot 'em up it doesn't feel that way because bullets are flying everywhere right. and you know like like uh, like if you look at like the stealth bomber mission it's like throwing out bombs in the air which explode and cluster out and like, spread out and then it has like a machine gun from behind that just blasts out these like Vulcan rounds or whatever and so you get this like horrible impression that it's like well I can't get behind it to shoot it and I can't figure anything out because all these missile or uh, uh, you know energy shots are shooting everywhere what can i do but there is a way it's just it's hard when you're in the heat of the moment well that and that that way may change like it, yeah there's a way mm-hmm. to hide in that moment but that moment may move and yeah. you just have to time your movements for it yeah. um but that's with any shoot 'em up game oh for sure absolutely that's or, that's so. one of the kind of the hallmarks of the the shoot 'em up which is I, I really enjoy the genre, but I'm not that great at them. So Same I, here. Yeah, I, I like playing them, but then I don't get especially far or I get frustrated or something. But uh, uh, I tell you what, uh, is there anything you can think of to talk about before we jump into the music? No, let's do it, man. Let's go ahead and hear a word from one of our sponsors. Hey, it's me, everybody, Tim Kittrow. I'm here to talk to you about Old School Gamer. Old School Gamer is the magazine for gamers. It covers arcade and retro gaming, gives you gaming history and in-depth interviews with people like me who are there, and it lets you know what conventions are happening and when. Issues come out once every other month. Plus, a website full of even more razzle-dazzle, and it's all for just 30 bucks a year. So visit OldSchoolGamer.com and subscribe now. Whoa, boom all right, so the music in UN Squadron was composed by Mari Yamaguchi. Now, she worked on some other classic uh, Capcom games, which I think that you'll appreciate. So she, right off the bat, I can let you know that she worked on Mega Man 5. Oh, really? Yeah, she worked on Mega Man 5, Super Ghouls and Ghosts, which is a tough game, but the music is amazing. Great soundtrack. Uh, she did the uh, music for The Magical Quest starring Mickey Mouse, Final Fight 2, and she did the music for the very first Breath of Fire game. Really? Yeah, so she has That's a, a wide variety of, of game styles and uh, systems. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it, it really is. She, uh, I, 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 it's unfortunate that she's not done a lot of uh, composing since 
this that era, you know, on the Super Nintendo. I don't know if she just maybe moved on to different things, maybe moved into a different part of Capcom. Uh, but as far as that goes, yeah, her her music in these games is great. And so let's go ahead and listen to uh, some of these songs. We chose a few each. Now, first up is my favorite song from UN Squadron. It is also the first level theme. So you get to, you know, no matter what your skill level, you'll at least get to hear this. This is the uh, theme to the uh, called Frontline Bass. I listened to the theme over and over again when I had to play the first level over and over again when I was younger, but I really love that theme. It's got some interesting off-tempo notes in there that I didn't really expect to hear that progression. Mm-hmm. It was it was uh, pretty cool. Lots of and beats. Yeah, I love it to death. It's it's probably one of my favorite Super Nintendo songs even, I and I realize it's more of a nostalgia thing. And it's not based off of uh, anime at all? It doesn't seem to be, I, but I also couldn't find a ton of the music from the anime, so I don't know that, I mean, maybe some of this is based on the, the anime. Maybe it's not. I'm not really sure, but I don't believe it is. Okay. I didn't I didn't catch anything like, you know, because they would have probably brought up, at some point, someone would have brought up the composer of the, you know, uh, original anime. You never know. Yeah, well, well maybe they just Looks don't like know well enough some homework or something. Ahead of you. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> So uh, this is uh, uh, one of the tracks that uh, you had chosen. This is the uh, uh, first Forest Fortress theme. Let's go ahead and give this a listen. really fun song to bump and beat it is indeed it is indeed it's real adventurous it's uh, not what i expect from from shoot 'em up games a lot of them are just like weird techno-y music nowadays yeah um, i i would see that there, there's i mean there's definitely shoot 'em ups with good soundtracks out yeah. there but there's also a fair amount where it's just like eh yeah it's okay that's all right it's just there yeah but uh but this soundtrack has a lot going for it now 
uh, one of the other themes that I had chosen is a song called The Minx, which I believe is uh, in reference to one of the stage stages, like one of the enemies you have to fight okay. in the game, if I'm not mistaken, or like a, one of the equip- or sets of equipment they use or, or vehicles. Uh, but let's go ahead and give this guy a listen. guitar the guitar riff is sick it's so good love that song love it i that drum beat it it reminds me of mega man very yeah i mean let's face it you know this person worked on mega man 5 you know so there's definitely a lot that uh uh you know of that Mega Man-y kind of influence mm-hmm. in something like this, I think. But uh, we have one more song to listen to. This is uh, the final boss song that uh, Chops chose. Let's go ahead and give this guy a listen as well. so menacing it is i what other video game series do you think you you would hear this song in hmm let's see if you can pick up what i'm thinking i don't know like like almost reminds me of like the like the the boss music of like an adventure game to a degree what are you thinking though castlevania i can kind of see castlevania yeah there's some big menacing boss one that's like slow approaching uh, it like takes up the whole screen, like Golem or something. Yeah, yeah. I could buy that. Yeah, for sure. It's so good. Yeah, I really love the soundtrack to to UN Squadron. It's a an amazingly fun shoot 'em up for the Super Nintendo. Uh, I mean, it, this this game definitely gets the I can't recommend it enough. Yeah. Movie, uh, recommendation from wow. uh, from me. Yeah, for sure. I've been using that, throwing that thing around lately. You know, it's gonna lose its it's gonna lose its luster. Not for uh, UN Squadron. It will. No. 
now. When I start throwing it out for the like the retro relapse we have today, yeah, then you know that I've I've hit rock bottom. Oh well, I I don't think it would be you. I think you'd be replaced. You're a replicant. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, Chumps, is there any uh, final thoughts you have on uh, UN Squadron? Uh, it's a game that I need to play. It's mm-hmm. a game that I got to invest time into because it is sick. It, it's it's way different than any shoot 'em I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. So I have to give it a try one of these days. I cannot wait for that day. Hopefully I get to be there for it. Uh, but I tell you what, uh, Chops, let's go ahead and uh, dive right into our retro relapse. Jones in for a classic game. It's time for Retro Relapse on the Legend of Retro Podcast. Retro Relapse. Oh, boy. It's another hot one. Yeah. Hot, steamy one. Okay, you're getting closer. Yeah, it's a pile. We played Daydreamin' Davy for the Nintendo, which I was nervous when we first played it because I saw Hal, and I was like, how could you betray me like this, Hal? But Hal Laboratory only published it. It was developed by Sculptured Software. Now, whose fault was it that we played this one? The glitch. No. Oh, right. This was Xander, was, wasn't a, this it? This is a... I'm a, so quick to blame the turn. glitch. A heel turn by Xander. <sighs> Yeah, his fault. It's bad. And he thought he was pulling a fast one over us. Mm -hmm. You guys are gonna have to watch the video to find out. But uh, we had the we won in the end. (laughs) I and by won I mean we lost, but won in the end. (laughs) I I didn't mind this game. Really? No, I didn't mind it. I did not have fun with it. I now most of what I played was like the desert. Uh, Wild West area. So the- yeah, that was a weird one. The first part of the game I thought was pretty cool, like really? going around as a knight, swapping at stuff with your sword and, and killing other knights. Oh um, God, why would you kill me? But it, it, I it, mean, the premise of the game is that you you're this kid who's daydreaming, and as he like goes to sleep and has these visions or whatever, uh, you play his dream, and so like in the first level or whatever you're in like a fantasy nights and stuff you know setting and then the second level we got to before we quit was you're in a wild west setting with like a you know like a whip and you know all these cowboys shooting at you and stuff and i just felt like the controls were clunky and like it just nothing really seemed it like nothing was so horrendously terrible to me that it was like oh this is unplayable it was just oh wow this is just Bland mediocrity. It was weird. They had these weird cutscenes of the kid being bullied, bullied, and then yelled at by the teacher. Yeah, and then the western just didn't make any sense. The teacher, in appearance, reminded me of Miss Wormwood from Calvin and Hobbes, that older woman with like the white hair that's shorter, that's kind of curly. I don't know Calvin and Hobbes. What really? I mean, oh. uh, I know Calvin and I know Hobbes. You know of them. I know of the tiger and the young boy. That's what about it. the philosophers? Nope. I don't know what that is. Never mind. Uh, but yeah, so it's so Daydream and Davy is is not like it's I, not unplayable. No, until I, the desert area, which I didn't make any sense. But well, yeah, that we was were missing lame. something. Well, the I. I think it was Xander was playing at the time, and it's like you you walk in and you're supposed to get this mercenary at the gun the blacksmith. Well, you, you got to fight a guy who's like shooting you, and like you remember because it's like the like you hit all the buttons, but nothing is happening. So maybe you had to get a gun, and we couldn't find it, you know, in maybe? time. So I don't know. 
it, it, it just it did not seem very intuitive. It didn't seem like the graphics were that great. The music wasn't that great. It was all very gray. Yeah, it was uh, a daydream. It, it was just like a weird hodgepodge of stories, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know. The game wanted to be something more, but it wasn't... Yeah, it was this. I mean, like you know, the the. Pers- I don't even know what the rest of the game's like. <laughs> if I know, the uh, perspective itself, though, I mean, I appreciated that you know it was like this overhead view, almost like you know Legend of Zelda styled mm-hmm. game, and so you know you almost think like, oh, you know, adventure game, this has potential, and you know you would even think like, oh, well, you have a sword or a lance in the fantasy setting, but then you have a whip in the you know Wild West setting, so like it's an adventure game where you switch out your weapons yeah. and gear, and like that, you know, something like that has potential. But it just, you know, I mean, it didn't fall so flat on its face that it like broke its nose, but it like there was a know, lot to it. Yeah, it just it tripped, fell over, and then got back up, and yep. that was it. So what are you, what are you thinking for the uh, the uh, the old eight bit scale? I'm gonna give it a three. Three? That yeah. sounds fair, below I don't, average. I don't, yeah, it's not in the middle of the road. It's if. I'm sure if there was instructions with it, we would know more about it. Uh, maybe, uh, but I just when we get to the desert, the Wild West side, I just lost interest because I didn't know what the heck we were doing. Well, you know, you go into certain stores, you can't go into all of them off the bat, and then they're like, go to this store, and then it's like, oh, wait, no, go to this store, and go, oh, nope, get shot by this guy. Yeah. I give it a two and a half okay. out, of, out of, on the 8-bit scale. I, I feel like it was... I feel like your three is pretty fair, but I feel like it. What I feel like you're giving it a bit more credit than I want to give it. I also played it more than you guys. That's true. Maybe that would have had a bigger impact. Mm-hmm. But I mean, even when I played, I was just like, man, I ain't feeling this. Mm-hmm. Also, it was really weird to me that it's like you go up to the knights and they're like, "I want to help you," and then you like hit them and they they die. I and mean, it, I didn't hit them; they just died. Oh, they you didn't hit them? I, I thought hit them. they, they just swung. died. Well, I, I was pressing the advance, but they they would just disappear. Weird. And leave these like hourglasses. Very weird. Yeah. Privy knight, dost thou require help? Oh God, don't murder me! <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. The yeah, it, it was just so. Eh. Yeah, I think that's a fair way of putting it. Mm-hmm. But I tell you what, uh, Chops, let's go ahead and move on to something a a little bit more exciting. We have a couple of our last, uh, actually, I think this is the last uh, two songs for round one of our music bracket. Well, it's moving fast. Yeah, it really does feel like it's moving pretty quick. So we have, of course, our uh, character theme bracket going on right now. So this is uh, all the characters that we of The Legend of Retro chose. It isn't necessarily the best out there. It's what we each chose. We want. Yeah, exactly. Deal with it. Basically, yeah. That's. I mean, you know, I wasn't going to use those exact words, but yeah. Yeah. So the for a little bit of insight, and we're not going to reveal too much because we want you to, of course, jump on Patreon. But uh, uh, there was a special Game Shark episode we did some months back where we did a uh, a draft where we each chose characters for you know their that themes, and it was a ton of fun. It was great. We're definitely going to keep doing that moving forward for other uh, music brackets we do. And so it was interesting, though, because so many of the choices we threw out there, people would be like, well, I don't know. Is that actually a theme? Is yeah. it like a level theme? You know, and so we went back and forth on so many different things. And one of them 
is actually this that we're going to listen to right now. Yeah. Uh, um, controversy. Con- controversy. There's a bit this. of controversy. I I feel like we made the right decision. Uh, so this is the theme of Prince Flea Swallow from Parappa the Rapper. Now, it came into conta- uh, contest, so to speak. Contention. Contention. Thank you. Because some people felt like, well, isn't that a level theme? Yeah. And it was like, well, it kind of is, but it's also the theme of the character. So it kind of, we went back and forth and we allowed it. And so from Parappa the Rapper, which was composed by uh, Masaya uh, Matsura and Yoshihisa Suzuki. Uh, and of course, each of the characters have their own like voice actors and stuff. So, you know, I, I don't have every single, you know character's line or whatever but this is the for you know prince flea swallow and this is his rap now because it's an entire rap it's a little longer than a lot of other character themes out there so uh do enjoy as we listen to prince flea swallow In the flea market so early I've been working here since my mama was a baby Just because the rhythm is slow That don't mean that you can't flow In the rain or in the snow In the rain or in the snow Got the, got the funky flow Got the, got the funky flow In the rain or in the snow In the rain or in the snow Got the, got the funky flow Got the, got the funky flow All you ever need is to be nice and friendly All you ever need is to be nice and friendly All you ever need is to be nice and friendly All you ever need is to be nice and friendly Remember, strike it rich, the key is low Save everybody from way up above I can sell a bottle cap like this I will try to sell a cap like this I can sell a bottle cap like this I will try to sell a cap like this I'll never dream it would be like this I'm the number one ruler of the seven seas The skunk over here will bring you luck The skunk over here will bring you luck The bump over here comes with the truck The bump over here comes with the truck Oh yes, I had a lot, a lot of fun I made a lot of bucks and now I'm on the run In the rain or in the snow In the rain or in the snow Got the, got the funky flow Got the, got the funky flow In the rain or in the snow In the rain or in the snow Got the funky, funky flow Got the funky, funky flow <laughs> Let me tell you something I've never told before Listen this I have never sold everything, everything I have never sold everything, everything You have never sold everything, everything You have never sold everything, everything Money, money, money is all you need 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 and that is the theme of Prince Flea Swallow. Now, up against <laughs> Prince so Flea Swallow, weird. it is very weird. I really enjoy the music for Parappa, Parappa the Rapper, though. Uh, but going against Prince Flea Swallow is... Ah, very big tone shift. Yeah. So composed by Yasunori Mitsuda 
from Chrono Trigger is the theme of Magus. Whereas, you know, Prince Flea Swallow is you know, this like dude working in a flea market. Magus is like the demon lord of Chrono Trigger. He's he's he is the very different occupations. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, quite a bit different. So let's go ahead and give a listen to the theme of Magus. a sort of vile song just so was he laughing in there at one point it's like this weird chanting and uh because magus's theme is another one that's kind of was up to con- uh, contention yes because it's sort of a battle theme as well right and that was what we were avoiding was it had to be character themes but this is also the theme that when you talk to him it plays anytime he's involved he pl- it plays and that was so, kind of the criteria we, we yeah exactly so uh for magus this was counted as his theme, but like even in his battle, like he summons forth like spirits that come yeah. out of the ground and stuff. So I think the uh, the song is supposed to sort of replicate that like chanting, haunting. Oh, okay. So the rah, rah, rah. Like, yeah, really that like goes, weird chanting yeah, stuff at the end of the. Okay, all right. I just it sounded like a laugh, but okay. Mm-hmm. Um. So. Well, if you want to go and vote for these songs, there's multiple ways that you can go about doing this. You can go on to our Twitter page. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get a vote there. You can yep. go on our Discord. Discord. Wow. When the episode drops, we'll put a post in there that you can vote on. Now, if I want to jump on our Discord, how do I do that? Well, Craig, I'm so glad you asked. You can go to GameZillaMedia.com. And you can find a link to our Discord on there, or just hit up any one of us on our Twitter, Facebook, wherever we're at. You can, we can get you a link. Um, you also get a vote on Patreon if you are a patron. A $1 patron will get you an extra vote uh, for these music brackets. So there's four places, Twitter, Facebook, Discord, and Patreon. That is correct. And did you miss Facebook the first time? Too? I did. That's why I said four. <laughs> the so, end. Yeah, our Facebook page, of course, where we have a lot of fun posts about, you know, like video game history and stuff and yes. like what people are playing, hints about episodes that are coming, uh, you know, things like that, of course. But the 
The other big thing that we want to let you know, of course, is our Patreon. So if you go to patreon.com slash GameZilla Media, not only do you have the, you know, uh, the extra vote in the bracket, of course, but for a dollar a month, you're also getting early access to our retro relapse videos. So if you want to see us be tortured with Daydream and Davey early, then you, of course, go ahead and uh, do so. You can always blame Xander for that. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Usually it's the glitch when it comes to retro relapse, but sometimes apparently it's Xander. Yeah. And uh, you also, of course, get Game Shark. And we ain't talking the cheating device, no, though it is named no, after no, no, it. No, no, no. You get a special monthly episode where we talk about a specific topic. We do maybe like a ranking system on yep. certain games or themes or whatever it is. It's just an extra episode for you as patrons to enjoy from us. Yeah, absolutely. And the the other big thing too that you know I'd like to uh, uh, fill everyone in on is you know yeah you if you want to support Legend of Retro and you know you go through the Gamezilla Media Network to do so, you're also getting all the access that every other show has at that five dollar mark. Yeah, so like uh, Last Action Podcast has the post credit scene. Mm-hmm. Um, Noise Land Arcade has Smart Line. Smart Line. Bi monthly so episodes. There's all sorts of goodies for you if you're a fan of our whole network. Yeah, you have the uh, you have the uh, bonus content from Gamezilla. You know, their uh, oh, what is the title of that one? It's a great question. <laughs> I know it. I'm blanking on it. I right know now. it very well. Uh but yeah, you you get the uh you know the, like the uh after show, you know, pre-show. Like, yeah, stuff. or the pre-show stuff. Thank you. That's what I'm thinking of. Oh, the okay. pre-show. Uh all their pre-show content. Uh, yes, we on do Patreon. work with games of media. <laughs> for some reason just blanked on it. I was calling it the after show, which yeah. was the opposite uh, of that. That's the afterglow. That's what happens after you take acid. Uh, wait, what? What? Uh, anyway, <laughs> and then you also have uh, uh, behind the DM screen from Noobs and Dragons. Yep. And so, you know, I mean, you not only have uh, myself on Legend of Retro, you have me on Noobs yeah, and Dragons. You're on every show. And Noise Land Arcade. But, but, shut up and listen, <laughs> Chops, because you're on season one of Noobs and Dragons. I am. A, a solid, like, 89 episodes. <sighs> We went through a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. It was Man, Chops' first. It seems like so long ago. It really does, even though it hasn't been that long ago. Yeah, episodes is a year and a half. We played that for a long time. And it was honestly sometimes got a little emotional, sometimes a little scary, the sometimes funny. So yeah, so yeah. you know, there was a lot of emotion behind that. So if you'd like to hear Chops, uh, aside from, you know, him guest starring on last uh, action podcast and the Gamezilla show on occasion, he of course is on season one of Noobs and Dragons. So absolutely check that out. It, Currently it, it's the mm-hmm. best season. Uh of of Noobs and Dragons. Well, it's the only completed season, yeah, so yeah. It's still the best one. Oh, yeah, fair, fair, for now. <laughs> fair, we'll see. I, I'm pretty partial to season two. We've been having a lot of fun. You take that back. While you're on this show, you take that back. Season one is the best Noobs Thank and Dragons. Thank you, Craig. And I would never, ever imply that I have a lot of fun playing season two. Would never. Wouldn't dream of never it. Never imply it. Wouldn't dream of it. Especially if it was with my brother, LPJ, or Sphinx, or Metric on stage. I, who would do such a thing? Who would have fun with a them? dead man would. I mean, I certainly would never admit to having fun with them. Yes. In your presence. Yes. When you're paying attention. Yes. At this moment. Yes. Saying I would have huh? fun with them. What? No. <laughs> right. Yeah, I wouldn't. I would never yeah. do that. 
But man, Gamezilla Media Network has a ton of stuff to offer everybody. And even if you're just into Legend of Retro, that's fine, too, because supporting the show means that we can do more and more stuff, uh, start bringing you more content. And, you know, that's kind of the dream right there is to be able to give you guys more because, you know, our listeners are greatly appreciated. Means a lot that you follow along with the show. But, you know, the fans that support us, you know, we can just do more for you guys. So it's a lot of fun. Yes. But I... Chops, I think it's about time that we wrap everything up here. Uh, I think that you and I have to go take off and uh, uh, jet into the UN? Uh, yeah, we gotta go defend the UN from um, not members of the UN. <laughs> which is not many. Antarctica will pay. <laughs> Mark my words, Antarctica. You will regret we, this. We will fight your whales. <laughs> <laughs> all right well thanks for listening to this week's legend of retro podcast we'll see you all next time when, when the, the legend, legend continues, continues.